Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. Oh my god, lock and key. You gotta see it. It's on Netflix. All wait. Still waiting. It's about 10 episodes. Keep watching. Oh, wait, you could pause. Okay. All right, well, spoiler alert. So, yeah, you've watched Lock and Key. Now you're back. And, yeah, man, you should really... Yeah, this is this is a great series. So this is kind of a, I don't know, a Harry Potter-like series? <laughs> Not really. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm sure the the creator, uh, you know, is... is would would, would uh, probably roll his eyes and and actually speaking of the creator he's a cool guy I I you know he created the show Daybreak as well which I really really loved and you know I decided to check out Lock and Key because I really loved Daybreak and I loved you know uh, Lock and Key as well and so I I just sent him a message on Twitter to say <laughs> he's doing awesome work and to keep it up and he replied and said thanks and I thought that was really cool of him you know what I mean like usually when you know, someone is, is, is working, especially in, in movies and TV, they're a little hard to get a hold of, right? You, you, uh, usually don't, uh, have interactions with them. So I thought that was really nice of him to respond to me, but I, I, yeah, I just wanted to tell him, uh, I liked his work. So I'm excited to, I'm gonna follow this guy. Like, I, I think he's a good writer and, and I'm, I'm talking about the writer, of course. Uh, you know, I'm a writer myself, so of course I'm going to go ahead and, like, pay attention to the writers of things. So, you know, uh, <laughs> not not surprising. But uh, <laughs> anyways, it's a great series, Lock and Key. Uh, you know, I, when I say it's Harry Potter, it's Harry Potter in the sense that it's magic in our world. So that's as about as close as it gets to Harry Potter. So it's basically, there's magic, and it's the real world that we live in with magic. Uh, the difference in, you know, like, like every series that has magic, there's always some way 
that you get to cast the magic, right? So there's always some, you know, thing that they do. And, and it's funny because I feel like a lot of the tropes that people use in order to cast magic spells have, have already been, you know, done before. Nothing sort of new, you know, and, and it, it, that's fine. I'm not <laughs> necessarily like looking to, to go ahead and have new, <laughs> like, this is how new magic is done. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, but, uh, this one actually was very unique. The magic in this is, is done through keys. So every, you know, there's this house basically in, in, uh, Massachusetts, uh, you know, like very Stephen King kind of small town. Like, like when I first started watching this series, I was like, man, this is really reminds me of Stephen King. And like, the only reason I knew it wasn't Stephen King was because it took place in Massachusetts and not Maine, right? Everything Stephen King happens in Maine, uh, except for like the stand, which was like Boulder for the good guys. And Las Vegas for the bad guys, <laughs> you know, uh, but someone did come from Maine. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, this was, I knew it was, I knew it wasn't Stephen King cause it wasn't Maine. It was still new England, but it had a really Stephen King like feel to it to kind of give you the vibe of this town. And so anyways, uh, you know, there's this house and it's this family house and, there's all these magical keys and, you know, basically what happens is, uh, this family. So a mom and her, you know, kind of high school aged, uh, son and daughter. And then, uh, I don't know, I'm guessing middle school, elementary school, kind of like young kid son as well. So she has three kids, uh, two of them are high school age and one of them's pretty young and, and they're moving to this, uh, house which was the ancestral home of their dad who was murdered so basically their dad gets murdered before the series starts and they're all driving to this house uh in you know <laughs> massachusetts small town and it's one of those kind of manor style houses you know like if you uh look at a house uh that uh you know is is uh yeah, if you if you look at a house that's like old and 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 big and should have a bunch of servants, that's the kind of house that they're they're going to. So, anyways, it's this this yeah ancestral home. So, so think, think big giant uh, New England house, and and uh, they're of course all having different issues because of their dad being murdered, and they all witnessed it. So, you know, the mom was was there when it happened, and. The kids were all there when it happened and and so it's a very traumatic event the the murder of their father and the thing is the murder's all connected in the series uh so it, it's not an accident that it happened and you know she thought it would be good for them to get out of uh seattle i think and and just get as far away from the murder of their father as they can and just kind of reset their life and of course the kids kind of hate this idea at first but uh then they eventually like it because, uh, you know, the youngest one, he hears these whispers going on in the house and there's, you know, the keys are speaking to him. Uh, and, and he, uh, you know, they, they're not really saying anything specific. They're just whispering. And, and then eventually he finds the first key, which, you know, they all do different things and, and they, you know, all three kids can hear the keys whispering and find a, you know, they find a key hidden somewhere in the house and each key does different things. Like there's one key where they open a door and 
they die and get to fly around as ghosts, but then they get to go back to their body and <laughs> and be alive again, you know? Uh, so it's like, you know, you get to astral project, I guess. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a key that, like, uh, you know, changes someone's face. There's a key that goes to this weird mirror prison and, <laughs> you know, uh, then there's the head key, which is kind of the coolest key of them all. It, like, basically creates a door to your head <laughs> and, uh, the daughter, uh, she's really kind of nervous in the beginning and, and she, once after finding the head key, she, you know, decides to go in and, like, take her fear, which is personified in her head, so, like, people's, you know, they, people's, like, I don't know, emotions get personified, so, you know, when they first find the head key, it's the little kid that has it, and there's this kid jumping on a trampoline that looks like the kid, and they're like, who's that? And they're like, he was, oh, well, that's my Glee, right? So Glee is personified as this kid jumping on trampoline or something. Well, her fear is this weird, you know, <laughs> monster that's like trying to eat people, like kind of a zombie thing. And she basically axe murders her fear and buries it out in the woods. And then she has no fear, which of course, you know, uh, <laughs> once again, it, it's all, it's, it's, it's a great thing in the beginning, but then Obviously, when you have no fear, you start doing stupid things, and she starts doing stupid things, and and learns that maybe a little fear is good <laughs> once in a while, you know. Uh, but you know, yeah, overall, it's very good. Uh, there is all it's it's also based on a comic book. I don't really know anything on the comic book or graphic novel, uh, I guess. So I don't I don't know anything about it, you know. And I think Daybreak was as well. So I know it's an adaptation from another story. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, once again, I haven't, haven't read the graphic novel, but I, you know, <laughs> if it's as good as the series, it sounds like a really good graphic novel and, you know, it's, it has another season coming, so it's not been canceled. Not like when I, you know, reviewed October Faction, which only had one season. Uh, but you know, I, I would say that really what makes it really cool is of course the magic, but there's also, you know, the, the family trauma going on. And there's also, you know, the standard high school plot line of, of trying to fit in and all this other stuff. So you have not only the emotional journeys of their characters, but you also have this kind of cool superpower that they have through these keys. Uh, not to mention that the idea of magic being kind of done through keys, I just think that's really neat. Like I, I would have never kind of <laughs> thought about magic in that way. Uh, and I also appreciate that it, it, you know, it does what these series do best, where eventually it gets the Scooby gang together. So, you know, when, when all the people that are sort of in on the secret start to, uh, you know, uh, work together and, and, you know, I, <laughs> it kind of does that at the end, but it also twists it a little bit. I'm not going to, reveal too much about the ending, uh, uh, because I think it's kind of a fun journey to go on, uh, you know, so I'm not gonna spoil it too much for you, but I would say it's definitely worth watching, uh, and the villain is pretty cool, she's, he, it, <laughs> it's really hard to tell, because once again, face changing key, <laughs> so, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, they, there we go, they, <laughs> that's a good gender neutral pr pronoun. So they, the villain, uh, they are just, uh, interesting, uh, 
they're interesting because they're so ruthless. They they really will just manipulate anything, but there's kind of a neat little thing. Like the villain is trying to basically say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill get keys from the kids uh but the villain can't just take them right so if one of the Locke family because they're all last name is Locke uh, get it uh so if one of the Locke family is in possession with the kids the main uh villain demon can't just take it it has to convince them to give it up you know uh, and it, it very early on takes probably one of the bigger superpower keys for itself. Uh, there's a key that can basically unlock any door and step into any other door. Uh, very much like the Lost Room. I don't know if anyone, if you ever saw the Lost Room, but the Lost Room was a really good sci-fi series that, you know, was kind of the same premise, but it just had one key. You know what I mean? And that one key in the Lost Room was was uh it was i mean it was a little different too because basically the way the lost room worked is uh you know you would unlock a door with this magic key you would step in <laughs> to this hotel room that was always the same hotel room and then you would step out into any other door you wanted so that was the difference whereas in lock and key the key just literally opens to wherever you want so you just think of where you're going you unlock the door step through so you know if you're you know, you <laughs> you go to someone's locked closet, you think you want to go to Paris, and you unlock it, and there's Paris on the other side, and then someone chasing after you opens the door, and it's their closet. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it works. Lost Room was very much the same premise. So maybe maybe Magic Through Keys isn't that original like I thought it was, because literally I saw another TV series with the same kind of key, but... Uh, I don't know. The Lost Room, it didn't feel like the magic, but it felt like... Uh, more, <laughs> I don't know, artifact, you know, like, like the magic seemed to be all within the Lost Room key and the situation, whereas here the keys are definitely magical. And I think what's really neat about the series is that the father uh, knew about all this and had uh, keys, you know, and, and knew about how this magic worked and, and actually had his own little Scooby gang when he was young uh, of the people that were the protector of the keys when of the father's generation. So yeah, there was the, when the father was young, something else happened. Uh, and what happened to the father actually does inform the present. So all that stuff is sort of a mystery that gets revealed as they go through. And that's the other cool thing is that they do have a, a mystery going on and, and, it, you know, there is uh, <laughs> stuff that happened in the past that's definitely affecting the future. There's only one complaint I have the series. And my wife had the same complaint. We watched this one together. And it was the fact that uh, there was a ghost that the little kid met when he was a ghost. Uh, so 
you know, that ghost key where you get to fly around as a ghost literally does kill you and make you a ghost. And, and they met like the very first time out using that key, he meets, he goes to the graveyard of the house and meets one of his ancestors. So like talking like 1800s ancestor, like long dead ancestor. And, you know, the ancestor says, Oh, I talked to your father or when he and, and your, and your uncle, when they would come flying around, by the way, the, the, you know, there's some whammy going on <laughs> in, in the sense that the uncle and the mom don't know anything about the keys and, and actually actively forget, like the mom gets stuck in the mirror prison very early on, but then has no recollection of ever being trapped inside. So like, basically there's some weird whammy that happens to adults. I, I'm not sure. See, it's weird because there are adults that do remember the magic power of the keys and and I think they said it was they use the keys to help them remember and just adults can't remember it. But it also might be the inverse of that. I don't know if that was ever quite 100% clear of of it might be the fact that just the mom and the uncle were whammied by the keys. But, you know, like, for example, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, her uncle's memories was taken from his head and buried with this tree or something and she shows the uncle one of those memories and he gets this really bad headache and was like oh i can't go on you know uh so that uh really i don't know that's kind of saying that the the logistics of it are you know he something is preventing him and i think he's whammied but it also might be he's an adult or something I, you know it's a little that point I felt was a little, you know, but that, that's not the point that irritated me. Anyways, the point, the one thing that irritated me, the one flaw that I found with the series was they had kind of a red herring character and that was the, uh, the ancient relative guy. So the boy, little boy flies around as a ghost and he sees like his great, 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 great grandfather or something. And his great grandfather used to talk to his dad and, and is just like, and he even asked the kid asked like, Hey, why are you still there? Why don't you like, I'm going to go to heaven or wherever the heck you guys go after you're dead. And, uh, uh, the guy's like, I just like hanging around here. You know, like he just, I don't know, doesn't want to move on. Just, just loves to hang out in the graveyard, I guess. But that's the weird part is that they never go to him again. They just literally don't like, there's a whole bunch of questions he can answer for them and they never do it. <laughs> they never go there. And I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, it's like sort of like if Buffy the vampire slayer had, Giles, but then decided that she never really wanted to talk to Giles. It's like, oh yeah, that's the guy that knows everything. Let's not talk to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they just don't talk to him for the entire series. Uh, so that that's what it felt like to me. It's like they had this character that could convey information when they needed to know it, uh, but they never used it. But I don't know if that's like, like I kind of explained it to myself as, you know, it was only the little kid that met the the, the guy, right? It wasn't the older sister and the older brother that met him. So maybe they, you know, if they would have met him, they'd be like, oh crap, I'm going to ask him all these questions about what happened to our dad. You know what I mean? Whereas the little kid might have not even thought to ask those questions. And, and also later on when they're trying to figure out answers, wouldn't even think to ask him. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe that's how I explain it. I know it's kind of flimsy, but it, it seems weird that there's this character 
that could be a source of information. And it doesn't have to be right information. I mean, it could be misleading or the ghost could not know all the details. And I mean, there could be plenty of reasons by why they don't get what they need from the ghost, but they don't even ask. And that's the weird part to me is that they don't even ask. Like, like I feel like they should have went out to at least say, Hey ghost dude, you might know some stuff that we need to know right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and maybe, maybe I'm, maybe it's something that's going to go on in season two. Maybe, maybe the older brother and the older sister are going to use the ghost key and meet the guy and be like, oh crap, I didn't know this guy was here all this time. we got to ask him questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe that's a future plot point that they just haven't gotten to yet. And I'm griping a little bit too early in it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. And, and also it's really kind of a silly point because overall it's really good. Like, you know what I mean? It's like sort of like saying that, that you have this amazing you know, <laughs> ice cream sundae, but there's a couple sprinkles that are off, you know what I mean? Like, like it's complaining about something really kind of silly, so, uh, but, you know, uh, a film reviewer, I guess I have to hold no punches, right? But, so, yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very silly minor, minor gripe, but I, I just thought I'd mention it, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I just feel sometimes, you know, it's, it's, for me, there's this thing about, you know, you put a gun on the mantelpiece and it must be used. And, and that's sort of like, you put this character in there and they must be used. You know what I mean? Like, like he only was in one episode and there once. And I'm like, ah, you just go back to him. You know what I mean? Maybe he doesn't have any answers, but just at least give it a shot, you know? <laughs> But, you know, who knows? Maybe it was a deleted scene. Uh, <laughs> like, maybe they did go back and he's like, yeah, I don't know. Your dad just stopped seeing me after a while and I, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like that could have been easily done. So anyways, uh, cool. Well, I guess uh, that is lock and key. So go ahead and check it out. And uh, if you see a person that can change shape, and also control shadows. That's what the scary demon eventually gets the power to do is make shadows come after you. That's by the way, really scary. When I was a kid, I had seen the movie ghost, uh, with Patrick Swayze, you know, the, the, <laughs> the whole, you know, let's make pottery. <laughs> Ooh, mother. You know, the pottery scene. Yeah. Anyways. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I saw that movie as a kid and I were, and this was so funny, uh, but you know, the shadows in that movie always creeped me out. They would, you know, the little demons that would drag people to hell. Those were scary. And I remember one time late at night being scared of those things, just like thinking about them. And then my cat that was, you know, mostly black had a white belly, but <laughs> and white paws, but mostly black, like jumped on my bed and scared me. Like I, I, I ran up screaming and, and, and like literally ran from my room screaming and my brother and sister who their doors were right next to mine, they, they ran from their room screaming. And then eventually my cat ran out from under my feet and I realized it wasn't a demon shadowy thing dragging me to hell, but my cat. And I started laughing and then my brother and sister started laughing and they were like, why are we screaming? Why are we laughing? <laughs> and it was really funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the shadow possession power is pretty creepy so if you see someone that has control of shadows and can change their form run because they're a pretty terrifying villain 
and also listen to the other stuff on the Real Paranormal Activity Network, because I'm sure you're going to find something you like here. All right, have a good night.